0: Because generally,
1: uh, an idea isn't 100% shit. It's like 85% shit with 15% something good in there. Yeah. So if you can say, if you can identify what those things are, then yeah. we're all still on the same page.
0: Yeah.
1: As soon as we say no, it's yeah. like, well, oh, hang on. That just jumped somewhere else. Yeah. If it's no, this doesn't work because of X, Y, and Z, but I, did, I didn't I did mind this part to it or that that you didn't mind it, but, but it's close. It's closer related to our idea, yeah. which is what we're all working towards. That's the common language, and not our personal opinions or attachments to what we like and don't like. Generally, it's not a part of me. No, I'm I'm looking at it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I feel like you deal with collective really well. Yeah. Like remembering that this isn't a definition of you. This yeah. is not speaking on behalf of you. Yeah. How can you? operate to keep this functional Yeah. and a challenge I have in any collective whether it's a collective of two (laughs) or many many more is like how can I challenge to keep this functional doesn't not challenge well yeah but also how can I work to keep this functioning and functional doesn't just get satisfied by how can i work so that the wheels keep turning but how can i work so that the wheels keep turning and we check if we're going in the right direction and we know how fast we're going mm. and we know if someone's going to be there when we get there
1: well they, that's the beauty of it we never know yeah. we never ever know we never know what something's going to look like
2: but you convince yourself that you made. do know and you yeah. make calls before you test them yeah you because trust because of the- being time poor yeah, yeah. <laughs> trust
1: that it's we've got to go with the fly. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know who said this. I think it was a TED Talk of some kind. Yeah. Um, a writer. Yeah. It could be Brene Brown, but I could also be wrong on that. It's probably not because I think she was more like a fictional writer. But she says that the, the, the story and the work comes through her it's not her creating it's that she's a vessel for this to come out and immediately you detach yourself and your own needs from the art when you realise that the art will will be created through you so you don't get in the way of yourself or yourself doesn't get away get in the way of the creative process
2: so the fear that I carry with that of course because I relate my self-identity to my ability as an author of dance or sound or words or whatever it is like when I'm creating I have the relationship with myself that I'm authoring it or that somebody's authoring it Mm. and that it can be shit. You can do a shit job and it can be shit. Yeah. And I, so I don't want to... Do that. Do that. No. So...
1: But, but shit in whose eyes?
2: Yeah. I. In my own.
1: Okay. So that's a fear of failure. So we're just flipping, <laughs> it, flipping the interview around here. This is Sophia <laughs> and Darba interviewing Matt Cornell on Wombat Radio. Just identifying Matt's fear of failure... <laughs> Where does that stem from? No! (laughs) Uh,
0: No,
2: we all have it, though. No, it's... So... I don't think it's a fear of failure that... Maybe it is a fear of failure. Yeah,
1: because we don't want to create something that's shit.
2: But I also don't feel like I'm going to if I'm authoring it along the way. But if I am being the vessel for... And I am not doing the questioning and the crafting... Yeah. and something gets made, yeah. and it is shit, yeah. where has that trust in the creative process gotten me? Because I also really believe that things will follow their most efficient path, entropy, that whatever doesn't come up against friction will continue in that direction. And so if there's not someone saying, redirect, oh, redirect, then... Even if it's a totally horrible, shit, irrelevant, old, damaging Mm. idea or concept or working methodology or process,
1: if someone if it's
2: not challenged, it'll continue. Yeah, we're just talking about collaborating and how you bring the most value to collaborative. Oh
1: yeah, and taking yourself out of the equation. So it's what what decisions serve the idea or.
2: Or if you're just a vessel, or if...
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
2: Like, how to to let go of your authorship self, your discerning self. Yeah. Because people say don't judge, but judgment is what is the basis of craft.
1: Yeah.
2: It's like saying yes to that, no to that, and all of those little decisions make something. But if it comes down
1: to why you're saying no, and if it's because... Or not no, but if you're making a decision based on how somebody else is controlling what I look like, then I think it's different. Yeah, okay. Because it's more about wanting to be in control of what you put out to the world. And when you're a vessel for somebody else, it's like... There has to be a point where you put that aside. Yeah. And I struggle with it too, like working for other people and they want me to do something.
2: And you're like, um, but I know better. Yeah.
1: Or I'm like, that's lame. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. The way that we create work these days, which is a lot of materials generated from the dancers and then yeah. sculpted by the director. Yeah. So we have a, a license to a certain extent, but we also have to hand things over and with no attachment. Yeah. And we never really talk about how fucked up that is, actually. Because it's
2: fully fucked up. I remember flipping open... This is just a rant on that similar thing. Mm. Flipping open a... Magazine or Sunday art section newspaper or whatever, Mm. and there was all the a bunch of women who were dancers for Sydney Dance Company. Yeah, in a whole bunch of designer clothes, and it was for David Jones or Meyer. Yeah, I
0: think. And
2: the then there was a whole bunch of names across the top. Yeah, and I assumed they were the names of all of the dancers but they were the names of the designers, the, yeah. the dresses they were wearing, and the yeah. dancers were not... Not
1: credited at all.
2: credited at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially when you're working in a company, you, get the, you don't get credited as much as you do as an independent.
2: Mm. But <clears throat> So, no, my question is not really how to like, get over the fear of being a failure or whatever. My question is, how do you put any effort into making a good show
0: how, well, how
2: do you even know that you're on the right track? How do you make decisions about what to follow and what to not?
1: You just have to trust that building an idea and not stopping it by not complying. So when you... it's I'm just coming back to the yes and rather than the no. You don't know the potential of this idea. You don't know if it's going to be good or not until you keep saying yes and, yes and, yes and, and you see it through.
2: Yeah you and I'm got sure you felt like sometimes you do know that the, you do know the potential of an idea. And what do you do then? You specifically?
0: Yeah.
2: What do you do when you're not just a dancer, you're a collaborator?
0: Yeah.
2: And you can... In your mind, you're convinced that you can see the end of this road. Yeah. Is it in the best interest of the project and of everybody's relationships and the environment that you're working in to go along with something that you're convinced is a dead end? Like, are you are you still serving the project working like that, is a question I struggle with. And I feel like you function better than me in collaboration, and so that's why I'm asking you what you think about when you're in
1: that. Um, I'm trying to think of specific situations where that's happened. Mm. And I resist. Like, mm. if I'm being asked to do something that I think is bad, I don't think it's good at all, my body resists, first of all. And then it starts to look really bad. Hopefully, to the point where the coronavirus says, now let it. So then I've gotten out of it. just like that. Um,
0: uh-huh.
1: Or. I suppose it's, I keep relating it back to instances where I've felt I've reacted in a personal way. I've gone, I don't want to do this because it's against one of my values Um, or I don't respect the person who's telling me what to do enough to see through their idea and they're really two scary places to be because you don't want to be working for someone you don't respect and you don't ever want to have to compromise your own values because I just think that humans shouldn't have to do that um, yeah but has that is does that do you identify with that in the in your experience or is that just me
2: No, very much. And I also fall into the trap of thinking that I know better
0: Hmm.
2: about a certain particular thing or that I know it more intimately. Yeah. Uh, And whether it's true or not, it's not often very useful because it just... Leads you you feeling a little bit frustrated and righteous And I've never experienced feeling righteousness Where I don't half an hour later feel like a tool
1: Yeah, yeah, totally So Yeah, I always try and think that whoever I'm working with knows And knows more than I do in certain areas and has a lot to teach but it's not always that easy to believe that in people when you feel like your values have been compromised or, you know.
2: Mm. Do you have... Are you very clear on your values?
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and a lot is to do with communication as well. Like, if you want some... If you want to work with somebody, you have to have good communication so that you are showing that you respect and that you trust each other. Um, And if the language that you're using with someone doesn't show respect or trust, then there's not much more that can happen from there. Yeah. And it still comes from this new way of working where dancers are offering up material and directors are sculpting it. It's not like they just want you to learn something five, six, seven, eight exactly the way that they have asked you to do it. Yeah. It's different. You've got two creative minds in the room. You're both vulnerable. You're both offering up things. So you both have to be supportive, respective, and trust
2: each other. Yeah. The time when I question most is when I feel like I'm just being kept busy and I'm not working towards the show or betterment or anything yeah. like that. It's just that it, it makes the director uneasy for people to not be doing something. Yeah. Uh, because some things that you do are invisible like reconsidering your solo or sitting on something or having a heart-to-heart talk with yourself about just getting on with it or something like all of that is invisible yeah but it can cause anxiety yeah in the director that feels like everybody needs to be dancing at every minute
1: yeah and people work in different ways and actually that is something I realized when we did the first DMC show, and I was making that work on everyone. And I had to move quickly, didn't have a lot of time, there's a lot of people to make movement on, and everybody learns and is creative in their own way. And if I didn't understand that way at the time, then I was bumping heads with it. But it was a big learning curve, definitely, because, Some people just need to be told to shut up and do what I'm saying, and some people need to be left right alone, Mm. like, in order to get the best out of them. Mm.
2: How do you, how do you, what are you relying on to work that out? Trial and error. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this isn't working.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's worth even saying like particular people because no, no, no. it's not what it's about.
2: It's no, about listening. How do you listen? Yeah. How do you listen to that? Like, how do you listen to people who some of them don't even know how they learn? Yeah,
1: or... exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't have the answer to everything, but it's all about observing. Yeah. Yeah, people's behaviour and. Um, when you're working with a lot of people you have to be mindful of time, how much time you have and where you're directing them because you really are pushing a group of people in one direction but within that group everyone has their own needs and works at their own pace Um, and you as a creator have a whole other bucket of needs. You need to see if your ideas work you need to feel confident and Um, comfortable in the room with the dancers and you don't want to feel undermined by them because then your creativity stops straight away. Mm. That's why where I think blocking ideas doesn't serve a creative process because the choreographer loses confidence and we all fall down a big black hole.
2: Mm. Um, I don't know how to balance that with exactly what you said before which is, and then sometimes I do it shit and it looks shit and then the choreographer (laughs) lets go. Of that thing. Yeah. And so what you've done is ask them to lose confidence in that thing because <laughs> it's lame.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I and know. Is, and so is that the power as the collaborative performer to choose which to generate confidence in and which to not generate confidence in? Like, is that what collaboration actually is?
1: I know. I think that I, that I don't recommend that.
2: No, (laughs) I just
1: said it and I'm not perfect and I'm sorry (laughs) that I do that, but I do it. I just believe that it's our job to just put everything, yes, comply, do it, say yes. Really believe in the best way that you can that what they're saying is right for this work. And then we have those reflective moments. We have those meetings. We have a time that's outside of the creative space for reflection so that the creator is also looking in hindsight and is removed yeah. and, can, and is thinking in a critical mind that you have your best platform to communicate, that that didn't work because of this, this and that. But we went there and we tried it and, look, it didn't work. So that they don't feel that we're against them, but we're with them. Mm. But, again, we don't ever have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Mm. and you know if you you have to assume that what you feel strongly about whether it's dislike or like Mm. and that you have the right to feel that way that so does the choreographer so if they strongly disagree with you that they have the right to do that as much as you have the right to strongly disagree with what they've just made because we're all here to make we're really here to make someone's vision a reality Mm. and comply kind of sounds like oh I just have to do that because I'm being told to we're more than than, um, a typewriter Mm. someone punching in words onto us we have opinions and we are creative have you
2: ever hit a border with that where it's not even just someone's asking you to do something lame, it's that you've ended up in a show or spreading a message that is against your values.
1: In ways, yeah. Like Are we naming and shaming?
2: If you want, if it's useful. If it's not then you can just talk about like how you felt, what you did with those feelings, how you approach the situation?
1: Well, I feel like Am I was created without cultural sensitivity, that it was a very superficial take on a very deep, fundamental concept of humans. And while I love the music and I love the composition. It was drawn from cultures from all around the world but played by a completely Anglo cast. And the dance was, you know, we were cast based on what we look like. um, Because what we look like is a mixture of Wasn't authentic. Um, I just ignored it until I couldn't do it anymore, and now I don't do it. Well, I I won't do it anymore um, because I wanted to. I wanted performance and experience and I wanted a paycheck more than I wanted um more than I cared about that. Mm.
2: And you always go in with such great hopes and trust and faith that it's not going to be that. Yeah. To any process. Yeah. There was um, an article that's been doing around that I haven't read yet that questions whether we should respect and support and give airtime to creators or craftspeople or artists or musicians who are brilliant but who are ethically horrendous in, their, in the way that they treat people and interact with humanity and, that, as, as, and they are as people. Mm. And I wonder about that in a lot of ways as well.
1: Yeah, me too.
2: And even to the point of if I have this, if I've been born into this utopia, that you called it before, in the privileged position of feeling safe and being educated and not going hungry, then I have... privilege and therefore the responsibility not to perpetuate Mm. that shit Mm. and not everybody has that privilege and so maybe not everybody has that responsibility Mm. but I definitely don't feel like it's encouraged to take responsibility for your for the people that you're supporting through your efforts and actions and life force
1: yeah, because it's a really personal thing. You know, some some people believe that it's work. It's work and therefore you can't judge a person on their personality and the way that they treat people
2: when it's work.
1: I don't believe that. I don't believe what I just said. But some people feel that way.
2: So it means like... If I pay them, I can be shit to them, but if I don't pay them...
1: Then it's their choice, it's their life, you know? Yeah, Some people are bound pay by the You beyond
2: their life. Bummer. And are you coming up against any of that in your Berlin life? Are you coming across people that are, like, unethically sound in how they collaborate and treat people and...
1: Not yet, because I haven't like I've only been there a couple of months so I haven't got to a point where I'm closely working with people to really see that side to them yeah Um, but I feel like I get a good sense of people very quickly and like I was saying before I'm only putting in my life what I want to put in so after learning all those lessons of of working for people who I don't ethically agree with
0: now
1: I'm out the trash and not putting that stuff in, within reason of course because we always have to earn money and to get by, Yeah. but then in that situation if I do have to work for somebody I just need to take responsibility, I chose to be there, I'm aware of the situation, it's not their fault that they are the way they are because I am the way that I am and I'm in control of
2: that. Is it not their fault? Um, I only ask that because I spend... Uh, like, the ego is large within me. Meaning that, <laughs> like, self... Responsibility... The responsibility for self is also large. Yeah. Then I wonder uh, if it's not my fault that I am like this. What am I? Why am I worrying about this?
1: Uh, what I mean is, I can't judge that person for them being the way that they are. If I'm putting myself, which yeah. I am in complete control of, yeah. in their sphere, yeah. in a way that affects me negatively, yeah. that is my responsibility. That's my decision to put myself there. Mm. And any any bad or negative feeling that I have is because I put myself there. And if I do put myself there, then I need to have mechanisms on how to deal with that behaviour when it's being thrown at me or, um, yeah, some way of dealing with it where I'm not a victim to their behaviour.
2: Yeah, it's a pity, isn't it, that, like... Theoretically you always have the choice to leave But financially you don't always have the choice yeah. to leave And then it's also a pity that we're working here Within contracts that are funded by Taxpaying money, so your parents' money and Our money and our friends' money that that money goes to, to these people to then yeah. Treat us like that Yeah, That seems quite dumb Yeah. Which is not to say, which is not it's to the like. The same
1: with business. Though.
2: Scream victim.
1: You know, like we as consumers are yes. fueling businesses that treat people and the rest of the world horribly. Yeah. We buy Nike shoes that are made by people in sweatshops. Mm. We don't agree with that.
2: Mm. But we support it. But we support it. Yeah.
0: It's,
1: it's like it's all there's always going to be an ethics battle with everything that we do every decision we make is not a clear cut thing it's not what I'm about to do is causing no harm to the world and the people around me and is only good for everything there's always a compromise and unless we just sit on a stool and do absolutely nothing which sometimes is also bad
2: so bad
1: yeah to, to not do to not do nothing is that a word
2: yeah yeah um, so then I have a question for you if we consider the like all of the efforts that you're putting into being more embodied and strong at your limits and really experiencing things in your training and that coupled with the strong value set that you have and the lessons that you've learned, and this super reflexive, self-reflexive opportunity of living in two different places. What, what's your big hope?
1: Well, the goal, the hope, the, d- the dream <laughs> is to be delivered as, to have my facility delivered at its potential to dance big, to use my range physically, to explore my theatrical capabilities and my creative capabilities, and emotional and imaginative, and um, in an environment where I respect and trust the dancers and the choreographer and that there is really healthy and, like, highly developed communication skills. Mm. And to get enough sleep and eat really well. (laughs) Because everyone knows when Sophie's tired and hungry, she's not fun to be around.
2: (laughs) She cuts into communication skills. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, Yeah, that's the the goal. Mm. And I, I think more and more you can't say that, you can't be sp- t- more specific about where and who that involves because things are always changing. And we as humans quickly outgrow our environments. So I could find that place for a certain amount of time until that place and time doesn't serve me or I don't serve it anymore, and then it's on to the next. You know, I can't say I want to work for this company in this director that's really limited and if I do end up working for that person I'll have expectations based on what I knew at the point when I said I wanted to work with them that could change yeah. and trying things that are new doesn't necessarily mean bad I have to remind myself of that too we don't we find new things uncomfortable, and we resist.
2: Yeah. Do so you know what it's like when you're learning somebody else's movement, and it, your mind the whole time is saying, lame, lame, this connection, lame, this yeah. pathway, lame, yeah. this particular move, 40 years old, and gender yeah. insensitive? <laughs> yeah, yeah but you're becoming the vessel for that to perpetuate. That's the biggest battle I have
1: in the studio. Yeah, I just think it comes down to trust at the end of the day. The person who's making you do that, if you trust them, then you do it. Yeah. And eventually you practice that move until the pathways become clearer in your body and it doesn't feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. And, um...
2: So, my cynicism says that's not because it now sits well, it's because you've trained yourself (laughs) past being averse to it, in the same way that, like, different nations train themselves into condoning things that are unjust.
1: Yeah, but that's that's all, um...
2: I just wonder if we ever know, or if we're uh, only ever convincing ourselves...
1: I just think it's it's been judged all way too quickly.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: It's like you can't say that it felt uncomfortable because it wasn't right for you. Yeah. Well, no, because literally everything that's foreign to the body yeah. is new, and once you be you have a relationship with it or it's more intimate. Yeah then you can understand it better.
2: Yeah. And that's what I get called out for often by not drinking is that I just haven't inducted myself to that way of being. Like, it's uncomfortable and, like, in terms of taste, I don't enjoy any of the tastes because I haven't put in the time Mm. to enjoy it.
1: But, But I also think that, you know... That situation is very different to a dance situation because dance is your job and you have a responsibility to act in the way of being open and taking on new things and and needing through that uncomfortable time. Drinking is a social thing. It's a a decision that you can make and that if somebody judges you for that, that is totally their
2: own problem. Because they're not paying, you. it's
1: not your job. Just yeah, like yeah, you have a responsibility as a dancer to, um, to take on board things that you might not necessarily enjoy. But in your free time,
0: yeah. you
1: can do what you like. If you don't want to drink, you shouldn't drink. And if somebody else is judging you for that. Then poor yeah. them for wasting their life thinking about other people like that. <laughs>
2: I guess my question is, like, do you have a certain, set of, a certain set of values when you're being paid and then a different set of values when you're not being paid?
1: That's a good question.
2: And what would the world be like if... values were... If there was no free time and downtime and rest time and play time, if there was your time that you're spending with people
0: yeah
1: um yes there is a different set of values because in my free time I steer the wheel Mm. in work I'm in a collaborative environment or I'm in a environment where I've said yes you're paying me to be your bitch (laughs) And so that's a totally different set of rules. You have to have your own personal boundaries, but they're a different set of personal boundaries to when you're in your personal life where you can do what you want. Mm.
2: It's interesting.
1: And the challenge is to seek out those people who don't abuse that I'm your bitch scenario. Mm. They don't take advantage of it, they respect it. Mm. And generally, because you're both working towards the same goal, it's just different roles. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: You know, it's like um, if you're creating a website and you need a graphic designer and a coder, um, and sometimes one needs to tell the other what to do. Well, that's in order to create the website, you need to do that.
0: Um, yeah.
2: yeah But do you make a website for a uh, Plastic surgery agency Like do you put your skills towards something that you disagree with And assist it into the world
1: Yeah, well I try not
2: to <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try not to Yeah I know, it's a conundrum.
1: It's important, and when I say this, it's reminding myself (laughs) to always give people the benefit of the doubt, like you were saying, that, yeah, people have the best intentions always, but also what the way that they behave, the way they go about things is because they've led a whole life that has led them to that time and to that place where they're making those decisions. And you are no none the wiser, or you, know, you can't say, I know better than you, or you shouldn't do that, or um, it would be better this way. We know just as much as each other. We're all stupid humans, and there's somebody laughing at us, going, ha, ha, ha. ha. You think you know, but you have no idea. I think if we assume that we're just as dumb as each other and just as smart as each other then we'd all have a lot more respect for each other. Well, hopefully it contributes to me being more patient. Because sometimes we know this about me. (laughs) That I... I just lose patience with things like I I all of a sudden feel like I don't have the time and energy to really understand every single point of view of a situation I just want to make a decision and move on yeah um, because when you're impatient it means that you've Judged, you've made a decision about someone without or something without considering as many possibilities as you can.
2: Yeah, and maybe sometimes someone's just being a dick.
1: <laughs> it's easy enough to, feel, to feel, feel that way and to think that.
2: But it's never the case.
1: Um, No, I think that there's a reason why that person is being a dick, that's um, all I mean to yeah. say. And that they're under certain pressures that have put them in a certain mind frame
0: yeah.
1: that have made them react in a certain way.
0: Yeah.
1: Which has nothing to do with the fact that you or I were in the vicinity of them being a dickhead.
2: Yeah. I've been realising lately the difference between justice and compassion
1: because what does labelling people get, where does it get you where saying someone is bad or
2: mm.
1: where does that put them and where does that put you, it just puts you it in apart. a position of judgement yeah, and them in a position where your, your perspective of them won't ever change
2: I want, okay, final story, because, mm. uh, yeah, story is a good word actually. Um, I think, so you said quite often, like a few times, mm. that we all know that I can get impatient. And I haven't been around for any of those times. Really? I don't feel like I have.
1: Even in DMC a few times, I'm like, I'm frustrated. <laughs>
2: And it's never made my experience shit.
1: Okay, great. I'm good. Generally, I can laugh at it at the same time. I guess I can just summarize that in terms of a few lessons that I'm learning or that I'm, like you said before, these ideas that um, filter your perception of the world. One is that fear is rife within us all and it dictates we act. So we're doing, don't do this because. um, Fear stops us from doing the things that we want and it stops us from reaching our potential. So I'm trying to recognize fear within myself and others and by doing that I'm observing it as it's a feeling that we all feel. So if somebody acts out of fear, like, or vulnerability in a negative way, I'm trying to see it as they're just scared and that's not their fault. Somebody is, um, somebody like rams up the back of you in the car, right? That takes you completely by surprise. And you want to turn around and say, oh, you fucking cunt, what did you do that for? Um, That's because you were attacked in a a place where you were not protected. You were hit from behind and you were um, that's that's a place of vulnerability, right? But you've you've just kind of, you've retaliated and you've attacked and that's not a very nice behaviour. But that's what we do. And it was out of fear of being attacked, right? It's a defence mechanism. Um... fear within myself, like, um, fear of being judged. I think we all have that. That's huge. So if somebody says something critical about me, I instantly jump into a defensive mindset. So I'm working on being aware of when that happens. Um... And trying to think that it's okay. Of course, somebody has opinions about the things that we do. And of course, I can get things wrong. I don't know everything in the world. And that someone's brought that to light is probably a really good thing. But it feels really scary at the time.
0: Mm.
1: And... Yeah, acceptance of myself as well, like trying not to beat myself up about things, um, because that wastes a lot of time and energy, when I could be looking at the situation going, okay, well we just know that we don't want to do that anymore, so cool, Um, and, and that's it, it stops there. Because then you get into a habit of beating yourself up and then that becomes a thing
0: that you do. Mm.
2: I, think that I f- feel so taken aback when I'm being asked to do things that I disagree with aesthetically or physically or whatever because... Well, it could be phrased that I'm being given the opportunity to be something else or to be something more than I already am. I've also fought so hard to be that, I haven't accidentally become this person or I haven't accidentally become that type of mover with that skill set. i fought really hard against all the other things that were more available and more prevalent and more accepted to become that. And so your offer to me So I've fought so hard to dance with masculinity and with value and with purpose and with the kind of weight that you see Gavin or Thompson or people like that move with, that when I am asked to become somebody else's phrase that they just made up in response to nothing yeah then
1: pisses you off
2: I feel personally <laughs> undermined and attacked yeah the, and that's a weird thing to resolve because what have I been fighting for if I'm just going to do that
1: well I think interpreting that task in that way can make you feel offended, but if no one's asking you to, um, to change or to undermine your own skill set and who you are, that actually they're asking you to employ that and use that in your interpretation of
0: the mm. task
1: at the time because you have worked hard to be that artist and everyone respects that artist and and wants that perspective on the task. So physically going into that task Mm. and making it what you think it is for you is what the things that we've previously experienced that have caused some kind of... Trauma (laughs) Yeah, trauma (laughs) Um, Then when we see A similar pattern Coming up in the future We have this Defense mechanism That kicks in Straight away So That You trust The intention Of the choreographer To the point Where they start To resemble A time where You've been Undermined Devalued Or or Disrespected Disrespected And then the walls Go
0: up
2: Baggage
1: Yeah But and it takes a lot to step outside that situation and go, okay, this is not that happening again. And it isn't because of the relationship.
2: I really thought I was better at taking risks.
1: Yeah, I think, that, I think the same for myself. I think we all do. But we're not. <laughs> oh, like, you know, when we actively put our minds to it, like, I'm gonna jump off this cliff. Oh, into water or, you know, what do you call it? Like a... Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Off a waterfall or yeah. whatever. And you do it. Boom. But in other areas where we're not focusing on it or we're not ready to see it yet, then we're not. Mm. And wait, wait, no who really said cares. that art had to be successful? And what? how do you measure the success of art? It definitely isn't by ticket sales. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: so, <laughs> so, oh, shit. Um, is I, it... I measure the success when I'm responsible for the authorship of something. I measure the success by if it has moved people.
1: Audience members, peers, industry, reviewers, yeah. what type of people. Because we can't please everybody. No. And everybody can only be moved to the extent that they can move themselves. You know, like yeah. somebody who has no experience with contemporary dance is going to have have been moved at a different rate or capacity to somebody who watches it all the time. Mm. So as long as we're just true to the idea that we're exploring, we're open um, and we're not afraid to go places in order to arrive somewhere new, then we're Mm. doing our job.
2: I think my biggest roadblock is that I feel like I've learnt some things. Like we were saying before, mm. and so it seems stupid to not use that knowledge and that information to make decisions about this new stuff going forward.
1: But we're deciding, we've talked the things that we've talked about yeah. are things you've decided before they've even begun.
2: Yes, because I feel like I know what this thing is, because it's like this other thing that I've done before, and that other thing was shit. but
1: but it's a new situation I have with to new believe people
2: that I don't know what it is. Yeah. Even when I think that I do.
1: Yeah. Which is really hard.
2: What is then the use of experience?
1: Is that we... (laughs) Such a good question! Because the more I learn and the more I experience, the less I know. The more I know that this is not that thing, it's that thing but slightly different. And then I come up with a name for that. And then I go, this is not that thing that was that thing that's slightly different, but it's slightly different again. And so our brain can't function at that complex level where we Mm. have a name for every single experience we have. Mm. And we start to go, well, at the end of the day, it's just different, Mm. and it's new, and it's okay because I've done different and new things my whole life, and I'm still standing. trust that if it's not your conscious mind that says no to a really dangerous situation your unconscious body will get you out of it like we learn that a stove is hot so now we never touch a stove when it's on
2: but, but maybe that is like slightly, it's like that, but it's slightly different to <laughs> yeah. that
1: Because now the stove isn't like gas, but it's like <laughs> these electric things now with the red plate, but it's still hot.
2: It's induction, <laughs> so like half the pan is hot, yeah. and the other half
1: And if you put a different size pan on it, it might not work.
2: <laughs>
0: um, oh,
1: yeah, because. Yeah, we don't want to just be like. With every new experience, oh, no.
2: Oh, I know that.
1: I know that, and that doesn't work, you know?
2: Yeah, although that is what I think about religion, and I've only tried very few, but I've swept. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm open to most things, but that, (laughs) definitely not. Yeah,
2: it's weird. The and things it's, you're allowed to know and the things you're supposed to not know. Yeah. But then supposed to be able to guarantee. Yeah. Like to make a show, we're already working towards what we know a show is. Yeah. And that also really grates me.
1: Yeah, same. We're working within certain expectations and boundaries. But you kind of need that sometimes. It's like I said, I need a deadline in order to actually get the juices flowing. If I have endless amounts of time and space, yeah. I'll just sit there on my ass.
2: What are we actually doing? Yeah. What do you feel like you're actually doing by putting effort into being more embodied and being stronger and being.
1: Just becoming um, more aware and sensitive and have a um, more in depth. Relationship and knowledge of something. I think that's what we all want to do. We want to keep going further into something. You know, that's why people do degrees about things and then they do their masters about fucking the most ridiculous thing that I've never heard of before. But they're really interested in that finite detail that, like, we just love to borrow or we want to understand. Yeah, like. being critical about something is because you're, you're starting to understand the techniques behind making this thing. And um, you know, you can start to think, oh, that's one way somebody did it, but it could also be this way and this way and that
0: way. Yeah.
1: And by doing that, we keep developing the art form. And by questioning things, you learn a lot. But by doing things, you also learn a lot because you feel what it's like. Yeah, I hate that too. I, like When I was doing the APAM gig and the director was like, um, you know, can you, do you want to write it down? I'm like, no, I know how to learn something off a video. It's in my body, thank you. I don't need to write it down. You know, there was a bit like, you're asking me to do something that you think is a good idea. If you want to learn the dance, you can do that. But my job is to learn this, and I will learn it. And I'll see you in half an hour (laughs) to learn it. You know? I just got a bit like. (coughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm a believer that doing things a different way can only make you learn more about yourself. And it isn't a denying of self in any way
2: hmm. you must do things differently because you've chosen not to do them a certain way what do you mean? like <clears throat> growing up and observing things and then becoming this person and then moving to Berlin, and now choosing not to do things yeah there are going to be people that ask you to do the things that you've done before specifically decided not to do that is not I do not do that anymore
1: yeah
2: and it's interesting to consider that not being a denial of self
1: yeah yeah you're right It's almost like having independence and then it being taken away from you and then trying to manage that.
2: Yeah, and the mo- all the levels of independ- independence of thought and then of speech and then of conception and then of discourse and then of action. Yeah. And then of emotion. Like.
1: When you put it that way, I really feel like I understand it better. Because the only way then it can work is if you decide that that's what you want to do. You are being in control of that aspect of it. You're saying, this is not Miri telling me what to do. This is me deciding that I'm going to try this thing where I relinquish responsibility and I come out on the other side and I see what happens.
2: Yeah, and I really feel that relinquishing responsibility in a collective is the version of what would otherwise be trusting, to be responsible and trust that you're on a track that I can't yet see. But maybe my only way to do that (laughs) is to relinquish responsibility.
1: I don't think you can... Relinquish responsibility. You've already lived all your years up until now. You are who you are.
2: Yeah, and that's not by accident.
1: Yeah. But I think... There's so
2: many things you have to push against so that you can become who you are, which is a weird thing. Maybe not. Maybe not everybody has that. Maybe some, some people just become and they haven't had to decide how they feel about... Um, how people talk to each other in a relationship and they haven't had to decide about how they feel about how much time is spent in travel and how much time is spent in their home and how much time is spent in quiet conversation and how much time is spent alone, because Mm. it's all just suited their environment just suited them or something but some people I, I just imagine most people have grown up in a way where some shit just does not work for them And so they have to make decisions about Mm, doing it the other way.
1: Yeah. And then to all different degrees as
2: well. So in my experience, you manage a room really well.
1: Thanks. And
2: you're like super pragmatic about where we are and where we need to arrive. And I wonder your insights about balancing that balancing pragmatism with compassion and adjusting each for each other
1: I think it always comes down to respect always I can't do that in a room that I don't respect the people and that they don't respect me
0: yeah.
1: I think I have a sensitivity to that that I can sense whether I'm respected and and I can quickly discern how much I respect somebody else Mm. and then from there I feel like I can push you know carrot and stick kind of thing in a respectful manner that Mm. people can appreciate Mm. that or can accept yes we need to move things along but yes I feel heard or that's what I'm always aiming for but you're saying that I'm particularly good at that in a situation where that's all sorted, that I respect everyone in the room yeah. a lot and I feel the same respect back. Um, yeah, because you can't, you can't influence a room with people who don't want to be influenced or aren't open to it. Um, Yeah. And I think people's roles have to be really clear. So there is one person making decisions at the end of the day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that there are people who are, have subscribed to that that are on board with those different roles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like if you're teaching a class, the students know that they're there to learn and that you're there to teach. And you both have a responsibility. That the, the teacher is teaching and providing information in a way that can be learned. The student switches off when they don't hear what you're trying to say. And they lose respect. And the teacher, gets the shit when that happens too but you've got to realize well am I delivering my lesson in a way that they can hear me does that answer your question? Yeah, generally I take a lot of time in the beginning of being around people. I'm quiet and I'm observant because I want to feel and understand how people are in a room so that I can engage in a way that they can be themselves without me having too much of an impact on that dynamic. Or that I just engage in a way that I feel comfortable because everybody else is still
2: comfortable. Mm. Yeah, and and the impact that you're having will achieve the desired result.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: because you understand. Yeah. How and who you're talking to? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's it's why I'm a bit resistant to poking, you know, or like seeing. Seeing potential in someone and then poking it out of them. I don't know. Prodding them if, yeah. until they react. I don't know about it. I've never tried it.
2: You don't know about it? Or it's in part of your values. It is against your values. Yeah, maybe
1: it's, but maybe it's like an experiential thing. Maybe I've... I put a lot of pressure on myself to do things and to achieve and the way that I think they should be achieved that if there's added pressure onto that, if somebody else is saying, you should do this, you could be this great. You could, and that's suddenly a whole bag of pressure that I can't handle. So, um... Yeah. Yeah.
2: I really enjoy... that you... Manage perspective so that your perspective not only is not fixed, but it also isn't always yours, and it also isn't. Um, somehow, you give yourself the most empowering perspective
0: <laughs>
2: to move from, okay, to work from.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's contagious. I think that's contagious.
0: Oh, that's a good thing. Mm.
2: Yeah. And to know what you need is super empowering. Mm. Mm. Especially when someone's trying to give you what they think you need. Yeah. And you know enough to say,
0: Yeah,
1: no. I'm not up for that. Yeah. That's just a, a process, hey? Like... Learning those lessons hardcore the past few years
0: mm-hmm.
1: of knowing, you know, like I said, I was an introvert, extrovert and now I feel like I'm an introvert, and knowing that I don't need social interaction as much as I did before. Or one, I can one on one for days, but more than that, it's like,
0: <gasps> <gasps> give me my origami. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well,
1: yeah, just getting to know that that's okay. It's not a bad thing to not want to hang out and be social anymore. It's great. There's like all these cool things I can do now with my free time. Or all these things I can learn rather than sitting in a pub drinking. Fuck that's time wasting. I never knew that. Always I always thought did. it was yeah, I know. And you I know what? That.
2: No, but this is the thing. I didn't try it out, I didn't try every other option, I didn't try it with different people in different states drinking different beers. Yeah. Yeah. I made the decision for right or for wrong that that was my opinion.
1: Yeah.
2: And yeah. it works. It seems to work. A lot of people get a lot out of sitting in public
1: Oh, sorry.
2: Yeah. I can only imagine because otherwise, why would you do it? Yeah. And well, my cynical response is that because that's what people do. And not everybody says, I wonder if this is for me.
1: Yeah. That's so true. Once I started to question, oh, do I? Would I rather <laughs> do that? Wake up hungover, tired, feel sick, have the next day completely written off, um, spent lots of money, all these things at a loss out of having five hours of good times with people only made possible by the fact that I was drinking and it was a social lubricant because I don't really want to sit in a pub talking with all my friends small talk that shit about shit that doesn't matter for five hours but the drinking made it bearable so it's just like that doesn't make any sense none of that makes sense you're like you hate being social so you put yourself in the social situation and you drink yeah. to numb the or quantity not that that's a word I like it of it being yeah unbearable mm. and then you wake up the next day and you're paying the consequences of the fact that you drank so much to get through that awkward situation
2: and I think there's something to be said for showing up as a vessel that has a solid foundation not a completely malleable so
1: vessel yeah. and that
2: different different people want different things really different happy. characters directors want yeah. Some people want someone to be someone mm. and then just get them to be the best that they can be. And some people want an empty vessel because they've got ideas they can put onto that person. Yeah. But it's been my experience most of the time, people just want to get you in because of what you bring and then tweak you a little bit. But That's I do stuff. enjoy the way that you understand and maintain compassion for the other side. yeah.
1: <laughs> (laughs) i see your point but it's yes and
0: (laughs)
2: it's yes
0: yes. yeah yes Um, it
1: is yeah and i'm not always like that like i've i think that when people are under stress and pressures internal or external they don't act in accordance to their values all the time you know like i've been in really fucked up head spaces and not and not been proud of the way that I act, so I can preach all this shit till the cows come home. But I can't say that I'm, what, every waking minute, mm. I'm acting like that. Anywho.
2: Anywho, done. It's done. It's done. Dusted.
1: Food o'clock. What am I gonna eat?